minds. And here is your host, Gary Cachulio. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Joseph Simkovic, author of How to Kiss the Universe, and Ms. Aida. She is the author of Who Do Justice Magic. She is also a psychic and hoodoo practitioner and witch. And you can find her at MsAida.com. Also, monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. We haven't heard from Jared in the front for a while, though. i got to get a hold of him. And this episode is being sponsored by Ginger Glasser. Ginger is a tarot reader, medium, spiritualist, and she can help you with all types of issues. If you want to know the energy surrounding a situation to make major decisions, or if you're just curious on how things are going to work out for you in 2023, you can find her at tarotbyginger.com. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is the living legend, Carter Bushhart. Thanks for reading what I wrote. That's actually cool. I no, always I always put follow your um, requests. Always. Well, that's good. That's good. This is like a call in radio show. <laughs> would you play? Would you play uh, Tommy James and the Shondells, please? Absolutely. But we are here. Everybody knows you from your books, and I've had you on several times to talk about Bigfoot, Sasquatch, in your books, the um, Enigma of the Sasquatch, one and two. But today, we are here to talk about something different, aren't we? Yes, we are. Or maybe they're, Honestly, or maybe they're related. I don't know. They could be. There's much confusion about that particular subject. You there know, is. If they are related. So what we are here to talk about is Carter's abduction experience. And, you know, I've wanted to hear about this for quite a while now. So I'm really excited to hear your experience. Yeah, it's a, it was different. And, you know, uh, I didn't find out this happened to me when I was 10 and I did not find out about it until 2000. Five through 10. Uh, and it, it, it was shocking. Absolutely. Mind, I had no idea. And it happened to me when I was 10. So this, I found out about this about 15, 20 years ago. Had no idea. So, oh, before we go, uh, book number three, Sasquatch Evidence of an Enigma 3, is going to print this month. So I'll have another one. I can't wait. How do so, I get an autographed copy of that book? Well, just give me another really great intro like you did, and I'll send you one. I'll send you one. Didn't I send you the others? I did. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll if if, uh, if I don't have your address, uh, just PM it to me or something. Email. I'm an avid collector of signed Carter Bush part books. Well, the good they make good doorstops too. Oh, stack them books. up. 
I, I, yeah. These books are going to be worth money one day. I hope so. You know, I mean, but they're, you know, they're all real people, all real things going on with real people, and nobody wants to talk about it. So, but anyway, we'll go to my event. So I'll start this off by, you probably have a story that you told all your life. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, about stupid stuff you did as a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, like, uh, I, I can't believe I wasn't killed. You right. know, that kind of stuff, you know. And so uh, I always told this story, and I, I remember I remember it happening, you know, this event. Whereas me and my buddy Craig Whaley, Dallas, Texas, it was probably 1961, somewhere in there. We got new bikes, and we were racing each other on our new bikes in my neighborhood in Dallas, Texas. And so, uh, and this was right in front of my house. We were racing each other and we ran a stop sign. And as soon as we hit that stop sign, this blue Buick just blows by us. You, you could feel the wind and we're going, oh my God, oh my God. Because it happened right in front of my house. So I'm going, oh my God, my mom's going to see us and she's going to be pissed. And we're going to have to quit playing today and I have to come in the house because... You know, she'll be really irritated that I was, you know, running a stop sign, not paying attention, which parents always tell you to do. So anyway, so I felt the wind. We both were like, oh, my God, you know, and we we, we stopped for a while. We were going, man, yeah, but we, actually we were stopping to wait for my mother to come out the front door yelling. But she would have had to been at the front of the house looking to see that happen. So anyway, she didn't. And that's a story I always told. I have several other stories I always told about things that, you know, I, I should have I should have been killed, but what? Just stupid stuff that kids do, you know. So anyway, uh, fast forward to 2012, somewhere in there. My wife, myself, and uh, the widow of my former comedy partner and her new husband. We were sitting around one day just talking, and we thought, you know, why don't we go see if we had past lives? You know, you're always curious to know, you know, because I, I, I've always felt, and maybe you have too, that you were, you have too much knowledge or attraction to a certain subject or period of time. Mm -hmm. So I always thought I was somebody else in a past life. So we all sat around we, and we looked on the phone books. And uh, at the time, there were still phone books. And uh, I found a woman who uh, had a maze. And she did regression hypnosis. It was perfect because she'll take you back and, you know, see if you were somebody. So we all hopped in the car. We drove out to uh, Sibley, Missouri, which is where it was. And she had a barn. And inside the barn was her studio. Her husband had turned the barn into her studio. So it had hay bales everywhere, kind of sitting like stacks of, you know, bleacher seats or something. You could all sit around in the circle and watch what's going on and, and stuff so uh, she took us in there and I have all by the way I have eight cassette tapes so I have all this on tapes because I was taken under four times because the first time was like oh I gotta see if this is real now, anyway so they take my wife under she can't go under you know some people that can't be hypnotized because of control issues or whatever so some people just can't be hypnotized so that was a bust so they took uh, Nancy under, and they took Steve under, and Nancy was uh, a uh, a fisherman, 
on a boat in the uh, North Atlantic, a uh, fishing boat, and she was wearing a, a yellow slicker and a rain hat, and she was hauling in nets on a violent storm, and she was going through this great detail. And then another life she had, an incarnation, was uh, she was a medicine woman or a medicine man. And her tribe was dying, and she was trying to save the few lives she could. She remembered all that, and she was kind of got teared up and everything. And so that ended, and we all watched that. That was cool. And then Steve went under, and he was uh, he was somebody from the Atlantean days, back in those days when Atlantis was in existence. He, he was looking at himself. He was wearing a robe, a really long, beautiful robe, and some kind of necklaces and stuff. And he was... He, he felt like he was a dignitary or somebody of importance back in the Atlantean days. Mm-hmm. So, and then it's my turn. So, and remember, this is past life regression, like going back 50, 100 years or whatever, you know. She takes me under, and I immediately start bawling, like sobbing. And you can hear it on the tape. And... Uh, talking like a 10-year-old boy. My voice morphed into like a little kid. And I start talking about, no, 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 don't do that. No, stop it. Stop, stop. Well, what? Craig, I I, I didn't know what was going on, you know. Uh, And so I wake up. She wakes me up. And everybody is standing in there looking at me like, just, they can't believe what they saw. I'm going, what are y'all looking at? What's what's the deal? You know, I, I could feel something on my face. And I was going, what? She was like crying? What, what's the deal? I, you know, I had no idea, you know, because, I mean, I just relived it. And I, I told the event, but I didn't remember what I just said because I was out, you know. So anyway, it turns out that that blue Buick, and this is really interesting the way it all ties in and I'll, I'll, I'm going to get to that so the blue Buick was not a Buick it was a spacecraft and it took Craig and I into the craft and that was bizarre enough but then I could hear Craig he, they, I was on a bed or in a chair or some kind of lounger or I was I was comfortable it was like I was in a uh, a, a lounging chair or something. Anyway, I was I was back, and I could hear him screaming. I could see through this screen that was up, and you see this all the time on UFO abductions when you see the the person who's being worked on by the ETs is back there, and you it's just kind of hazy. You can see it. It's a really heavy, 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 thick plastic looking material but I could see what was going on. <clears throat> so uh and he, he was screaming bloody murder. So that that happened. And so I woke up. Now and I'll get into this this hypnotist, she was like she didn't know what to say. Turns out she had just gotten her hypnotherapist licensing from the state of Missouri. I was like her 
first person like this she had ever come across. She was brand new. She was like, so after everybody got through and looking and going, what the heck was all that? You know, we drive home and, you know, I went to sleep like at six in the evening and I didn't wake up till the next morning. I was, you know, whatever that was, just took it out of me. Woke up the next morning and I went down to my office and I drew a reptilian and it was a darn good drawing and I can't find it, but it was, I colored it and all of this stuff. I worked on it for like two hours. It was a really nice drawing. I, I, I wasn't really sure why I was drawing it, but I had, I had an idea why, because, you know, I was apparently abducted uh, with my buddy. And so I scanned it, emailed it to her, no response. I called her an hour or two later. I said, hey, uh, Toby, did you get my drawing? And she was like, yeah, I did. Uh, I think you're going to have to find somebody else. I'm, I'm, I'm not equipped to handle this. I, I, I cannot handle this. And she just told me flat out. She said, I, I don't know what to do with this. And that's when I found out she was brand new, you know, to the hypnotherapist game. So I said, well, okay. Uh, Thanks. I'll, I'll find somebody. Appreciate it. You know, so, uh, that bothered me for about a year and I was looking for people. I couldn't find finally, finally I did find somebody. Now, do you, are you familiar with Dolores Cannon? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, this woman was one of her students. And so I knew that. But I also knew at the time, Dolores Cannon was charging like three, four hundred bucks for a session. And that was a lot of money, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so I said, well, uh, I'll find somebody else. And coincidentally, which I didn't know, but it was the woman I found who was down in Springfield, Missouri, was also a disciple of Dolores Cannon. I went down to her, went through the whole regression thing, although it wasn't really a regression. We were going for the specific thing, you know. The fact that I was going for a past life regression on that first time, and this is what came up, it just didn't make sense, but it must have been preying on my mind or so close to my awake conscious self that it was just ready to come out, you know, because uh, I, I talked to Dolores about that. So anyway, this woman took me under, same results, pretty much, and she says, I... I don't know what to do. I've never had this, you know, and I, I told her what was going on and she, I think she was kind of humoring me. And then when she, it was over, she just said, I, Oh my God. You know, when you think of past life regression, you're thinking of like, you know, Nancy was a fisherwoman or a fisherman mm -hmm. back in the twenties, a trawler in the North Atlantic during a horrible rain storm. The waves were 20 feet tall, all that kind of stuff. So that's what you, anyway. So, I finally got a hold of Dolores. I said, you know, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to pay the money. And I went under with her. I went under twice with her. That's why I have eight tapes, but you know, I have two tapes from each session. So I've got them up there. And for some reason, I don't want to listen to it mostly because I think I, I kind of know what's there. I've already listened to them, you know, when I first got them. And I, you know, I, I know what's there, but I think there's probably a reason I should go listen to them. So anyway, so what happened was, uh, I was given screen memories 
And you're familiar with the screen memories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, what happened to Craig was, now I had a screen memory of, he and I used to go hunting and fishing all the time. So I have a screen memory of me. We used to go to Castleman's Pond. I was casting, you know, my line into the water. And I caught him in the neck with my hook. And I could feel, I could see his, I could see the hook in his neck. Mm -hmm. I could see his neck doing this when I'm, what the heck? And I look around and he's, he's screaming bloody murder. Ah, I, I, I can still see his mouth and face to the stage, just screaming. He, he just had this weird scream. He was screaming. And so that never happened. That was a screen memory for the treatments they were doing to him behind the screen. I could see it in a blur. I could hear him screaming. And, uh, but that's all I remember. But when I flashed on that, the vision of my fishing line and a hook pulling his, I mean, it gave me that memory of seeing that. That never happened, you know. And so the second screen memory I was given was at the same pond. Uh, it was a, is a beautiful, uh, pond, uh, boarding, uh, farm. You can board horses there. And they had a lot of, a lot of activity there. Well, on this dike, there was this little pond we fished in, uh, Castleman's Pond. And there was a dike that went across. And on this dike was this beautiful, leather-bound funeral carriage, you know, horse-drawn. It was beautiful. It had the big brass lights on the outside. very ornate brass handles on the doors, very ornate, but it was really out of place. It didn't belong there. You know, it was just like, what the hell is that? You know, and you could tell there was supposed to be at least four horses because it had one of those real long, uh, I don't know what you call them, but where you hook the horses up, you could run four horses on it. It was just sitting on the dike. You know, and the wheels, everything was is brand new. It was, it was pristine and like it's never been used. It's just like, well, that never happened either. That was a screen memory. I had another screen memory of me. Uh, this is three screen memories. Um, playing in a friend of mine's front yard. And this is all in Dallas, Texas. And I go over and there's a, a coat hanger or a wire sticking out of uh, an outlet on the front of this house, you know, AC plugs. So I went over there and grabbed it. Well, that shouldn't be there. I went there and grabbed it, and I was getting shocked. I was getting electrocuted. Mailman just happened to be walking by. He ran up and tackled me and broke me free from that uh, electrocution. This one I'm not so sure about, but I don't think that happened either, you know, because, you know, I remember looking at my hands and every time, you know, anyone's shocked like that, you have, you know, you're, you're black, you're black and your skin is blackened from the, from the longer you're holding on. So I don't, none of that happened. That was the screen memory. And so I don't know if I was taken three times or if I was taken one time and this was all memories for me to remember, like the different events, I got the feeling I was just taken the one time because at no time during these other regressions did a second 
event come up. It was just the one time. So uh, I, I tried to put, put sense into it. What Dolores told me was, well, number one, you were not the one they were after. They were after your friend. And how she knew that or why she knew that, I don't know. But, but nothing ever happened to me, as far as I know. No, no procedures were done on me or anything like that. So it was just really bizarre. Fast forward, well, I'll go fast forward about six, seven years from that. Went down to my grandparents' house in Houston, Texas. And they had in their garage a blue Buick. Now, I had seen that before, but I just wasn't paying attention, but it, it was the car they drove. It was a really nice, beautiful four-door Buick. I think it was a Roadmaster, because that was a luxury car back then, and they had money. So, uh, I'm looking at that, and I suddenly went, that's why I know that's not real, because <clears throat> I mean, the memory is real, but uh, that car disguises a craft, uh, the craft disguises, disguises a car that wasn't the car, it was a craft. And the vision of that craft never came to my head. I never, I never saw it under the other three uh, regressions. I never saw, oh, that was a beautiful silver, I never saw anything. All I, the Buick. I kind of forgot about the incident about 10 years ago. My wife and I buy a car to restore. We like cars, you know, we old, old cars. So we bought a 1951 Buick. And I didn't even make the connection until we got the car home. I went, holy crap, this is the, this is the, the car. So they, take, they took the screen memory of me and my grandparents' Buick and put that in my head so that I wouldn't remember the craft and the abduction. And then maybe I knew it, maybe I don't. I don't think I did think about it at all when I saw it. We decided we wanted to buy a car and restore it. And so this 51 Buick was a beautiful car. It was black, you know. And when it got here, you know, I looked at it, and it was, it was a beautiful car, really. It, it, it needed to be restored. But the whole point was, they had a 51 Buick. The Buick in my memory was a 51 Buick, and it was blue. It was the only thing that was different, but their car was blue. So that all tied in, and years later, 30 years later, if I was 10, I'd say 30, 35 years later, I'm buying a 51 Buick to restore. It's like subliminally I'm in love with that car. And I was looking because they had tons of chrome. I'll have to send you a picture. Mm. But so that is my whole scenario. And it just blew me away, you know. And I can't find Craig. I don't know if he's alive or dead. I've been trying to find him. You know, I find, you know, I find names, but they're the wrong age and all that other stuff. And you know, from Dallas, Texas, I can't find him. And I think I found a couple that I don't. And so I've just kind of given up. I'm going to continue to try. But that is, that's my abduction experience. And I, I you know, and Dolores uh, also told me, she said, you'll remember 
without prodding when it's time. Mm -hmm. It's not time for you to remember. So apparently, maybe with further hypnosis, there are things I would recollect now that it's been 15 years or so since I was taken under last. It took me a, a period of four years to get the four mm -hmm. regression hypnosis sessions done because I was busy. I was, I'm selling real estate, so I'm busy. And, you know, it's in the back of my mind, and I'm still not quite believing the connection, but the connection makes sense. And so I've been carrying that around for, you know, my entire time on the planet. It's just bizarre, you know, and I wish I could have seen more. I wish I would have remembered more. Maybe it's time for me to go under again. That's what I think. Why not? Yeah, well, I might. You know, I mean, but it's, you know, what I really want. Well, I don't know if I decide I want to go under. I don't think I want to listen to the tapes. I bought they're all cassettes. So what I bought one of these little cassette recorders, like the mini ones, but it has connections built into it that you can plug it into the uh, you can put the cassette in there and the, ca the cassette player plugs into a USB port so you can transfer it to your computer on a more usable format. You're like. You know, I would card. love to hear one. Yeah, I'm going to have to get it together. You know, it's not like I'm worried about what I'm going to hear. I'm worried about, God, I got to sit here for another hour and listen to this. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'd rather be doing something with my time, but, you know, that's probably uh, mm -hmm. self exploration is probably worth the time. It's be about four, five, six hours of tapes to listen to, which is probably nothing in the scheme of things. You know, I spend that much time every week just looking at Bigfoot videos. Yeah. So, you know, so if I think I'm wasting my time, well, I might as well waste it in a more constructive way, you know. So but that that was my event. And I keep waiting for like an aha moment where I'm, but, I, you know, maybe I do need to relive all that and just listen to it. I probably listened to uh, the first one and the last one with Dolores. You know, I wish she hadn't passed away. It's really sad. Yeah. Really good lady. But she's really, in, 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 she talked to me and she explained stuff and she was very, and I said, am I making this up? Is this like, this, no, sweetie, you're, this happened. This, this happened. And people ask me that all the time, but this happened. And she took me under twice. And it was because I said, I want to go back and see if I can remember some things. Mm -hmm. And I went back and it was pretty much the same. I mean, there was no revelations at that point, you know. Uh, and maybe there's some things I would remember. You know, uh, the thing to do with, you know, the key to hypnotic regression, one of several things, is don't tell them what you're looking for. You know, uh, because most people are honest. There are charlatans out there, so someone could say, oh, I see you're wearing a your antenna, you're on Mars. You, I mean, I could see somebody playing with you, you know. So you just you say, I just, I, I want to see if I had any past lives. I always had this feeling I was, and I do have a feeling I was a woman in a past life. So I could just say, I'm looking for any kind of past lives. And uh, I forget the feeling the person's truthful. I guess I could tell them what I'm looking for. I just don't want to be led, you know, or forced to go down a path. I want it to happen naturally. So mm -hmm. if they have too much information, and there's probably people that, Tell you that's that's good and bad for telling them everything up front, or don't do that. 
because, you know, if someone's out to get you, you know, to get more business or whatever, uh, and they're out there, you know how it is. Uh, but, you know, I think I, I probably will. It'd probably be that that should be my uh, one of my resolutions for this year is to get to the bottom of it. You know, maybe there's a reason I don't listen to them. I, I don't know. I know the main reason was I didn't have the format because my cassette, uh, I had a real nice cassette recorder. It shot craps. I just never replaced it because, you know, technology cassettes are gone. The VHS is kind of, mm-hmm. you know, by the wayside. So, you know. I've adapted to the latest technology. Well, that doesn't, you know, mean you can plug in a cassette and listen to it on your headphones because, you know, there's no computers and I don't have a cassette player. So anyway, but that's, that's, that's it. And it's always there in my head, you know, and I wonder, but I'm not hungry enough to find out maybe because I already think, maybe because I already know, or maybe I'm afraid to listen to it to find out something that I forgot, you know, so I should probably listen to it. But anyway, that's my abduction experience. It's very common. It's uh, very close to a lot of the other abduction experience or stories that I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the big difference is that it only happened to you once and that you were not actually the subject. Those are, that's unusual. And also that you're abducted, Doors were reptilian because you know we, I mean I always hear stories like maybe reptilians being present during these type of experiences but I've never heard them being the primary abductors or the guys doing the experiments yeah and, and I thought about that now the reptilians are normally thought of as aggressive and a little bit hostile Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're not the good doers, and the greys are the good doers. And so maybe the reptilian was a screen memory. Maybe the ETs that had me wanted me to remember a reptilian versus them. You know, I didn't get the standard big eyed creatures. Like every time you think about something related to an abduction, uh, you see deer or owls, any creatures with big eyes. Mm-hmm. So your mind says, okay, well, there's the big eyes. Okay, so, well, I guess, why did I think that was a, an alien? It was a deer. Okay, okay, that makes sense, because I can relate to that. You know, so, I mean, I can see the diversion to another memory. I can see them doing that. I don't know why I drew that creature. I mean, I had, you know, and I'm not an artist, but if I do say so myself, it was pretty damn good. I mean, if it was... It was surprisingly good, and I'm not talented artistically, you know. Uh, so it was just, it was just weird. But I, I've lost that drawing. I can't find it. Drawing other one. Well, I might, but I'd have to have that that memory would have to be fresh in my head because I don't know if I could. I, I probably need to listen to the tape again, and then I'll, you know, go to sleep and wake up the next morning and draw it again. You know, I. It was a one-off thing, I think. Because I've never done it again. I've never thought about it again. But I, I remember the drawing. I remember putting it on my scanner, scanning it, sending it to her, and her going, <laughs> not for me. I can't I can't do this. I no. Here's the weird part. Not that this isn't weird, but <laughs> you know, 
so I do these conferences, you know, uh, you know, selling books and uh, uh, I speak, I have speaking engagements at uh, several paranormal conferences here in Missouri. Every year I do, I'm doing three or four more this year. And last year, the, we have our booths all just kind of lined up and you walk by, you know how they are. Last year, and this is how come I, I know, because I don't believe in coincidences. The woman who took me under the first time, she was right next to me in her booth. I went, Toby. And she looked at me for about a minute, seemed like she's going, oh, hi. Do I know you? I said, well, yeah, I'm, I'm Carter Bouchard. <gasps> oh, my God. And she just, <laughs> she ran over and gave me a big hug. But it was just bizarre that she would be put right next to me at a paranormal conference 12, 15 years later. So we discussed that whole thing, and she was so apologetic. She says, you know, I was brand new. I, had, I That just freaked me out. And now she's very popular, and she does a, she's well-known around this area. So she's grown and matured, you know. Uh, so anyway, but I just thought, you know, if you do the serendipity of my grandparents had a blue Buick. The woman who took me under 12, 15 years ago is my booth partner next to me at a paranormal conference, which is just abstract. You just, you can't make that up. You know, it just happened. It was just, and I, I told her that I've been talking about my abduction to you and a few others mm -hmm. recently. I thought about coming public with it and she was just going, Oh, oh God, you should, you should, you should. And you know, uh, but that was serendipitous. That was just, that happened for a reason too. Can't tell you why. Maybe I'm supposed to re-investigate that event. Mm. That's the only thing I can come up with. But that was just really bizarre. We had lunch and talked and she's been doing really good. She's got a few books out and she, you know, she does a lot of hypnotic regression and, you know, Reiki. And I mean, she's, she's, she's very good. She's a spiritualist. She's really good. But how weird is that? That was just this last year, 2022. Yeah. That's Bizarre. Weird. Did it? she, did she mention anything else about, you know, now that she's experienced, 12, you know, 12, 10, 12 years later, um, that she's found, had other clients similar to you. She's had some other clients like that. But they, she said, my people <clears throat> were the one that was supposed to be taken. And they, a few of them didn't remember. They remember screaming and crying. But a few of them, she said, do remember details of probing and, you know, taking skin samples or, or medical procedures being done on them against their will. This is what they remember. They, they don't, they really can't specify uh, I think there was a few specificities in there, but otherwise, you know, uh, they described the event from start to finish. Uh, you know, I was not, as far as I know, I was not worked on at all. And they just took me because I was there right next to Craig, you know. You and, think they were doing something... Um, to heal him, or do you think that they were doing something to harm him? The more I read, I don't think it's harming, but I think there might be a tracking device, implant, 
so they can come back to you later. You know, uh, you know, if you get into the genetics and the genome thing, uh, where you know the ETs can come and you know alter your DNA and implant you know uh, a fetus in the womb of a, a human woman, and you know I think they gestate about four months earlier than humans do. So instead of nine months, it's like five or four, and they come and take the baby out. And sometimes the women think they've just lost the baby, like a, you know, uh, what do they call it, a, a, a silent miscarriage, where there's mm. so fluids, but there's nothing there. There's no, there's no body, there's no baby, there's no little fetus or anything. So that, that's what a lot of women uh, describe is, is a, uh, they had the feeling they were pregnant, but they weren't really showing yet, but they were starting to notice the symptoms. And about the time they noticed the symptoms, the babies are coming taken. And then sometimes the women are taken and shown the babies after they're grown up mm -hmm. or as they're about to grow up. You, you've heard of that, you know, where they're yes. in tubes. And you, you, I met my daughter, you know, that I carried to term for an, an alien race. You, you hear stories like that. But yeah. Of course, people are going, yeah, right. Uh -huh. I ain't buying that. Well, that's just happening. I mean, you know, you know where weird stuff happens. You know, yeah. I know weird stuff happens. I'm, I'm seeing it. You know, so, uh, you know, that, that's a, I'm glad we actually talked about this because, you know, maybe I should do something and reinvestigate it, put my headphones on, just, you know, spend a half a day listening to all these tapes and see what I get out of it. You know, it might be a cathartic for me. I don't know. Or it might, you know, but, you know, I would be curious to hear myself as a 10 year old boy crying <laughs> and talking about being on a spaceship. I would you love know, to that, hear it. Yeah, I, and I have the cassette player. I just got it in the mail here last year. Uh, I haven't done anything with it. That's how behind I am, you know, but I've been working on this book. So I, I just go to the back. But yeah, I think I will do that. I mean, that that is going to be my New Year's resolution is to at least listen to that, you know. And my wife, she was just sitting there and they were all looking at me and they were all just blown away, you know, and I'm just bawling my eyes out and so they're all just you don't fake that stuff you know what i mean if i was you know of that ilk you know but i'm out i'm i'm out and i'm recalling and talking about stuff that i until that day had no memory of the memory that i had of craig with that fish hook i realized that that never happened I realize that that hurts. That never happened. I know in my heart, those were screen memories to keep us from recalling specific events. Now, maybe that hearse was a craft that came down and landed on that dike to take us again. Uh, or maybe it was there just to check up on Craig and they left me there. I don't know. Maybe it was just there to observe us and then left, did nothing. I don't know, but you know, I, we did go up to Castleman's Pond and say, "Hey, how much to rent that uh, hearse?" And they go, "What are you talking about?" What, you know, there was no such thing. There was no hearse there. There was no horse carriage. Nothing. Because you know, that's the one thing I did was to go uh, before I moved up here to Missouri. Uh, and I said, did, did y'all used to like have carriage or hearse rides or anything? Because I remember seeing a hearse on your dike over there by the pond. I think, you know, 
talk to a farmhand. Say, well, I've been here about 32 years, and I ain't seen nothing like that. I don't, you know, I'd be, so. But I should just plug that in and listen to it. You know, if if I get them on uh, an SD card, I'll just send you one. I would love to hear it. I would love yeah. to hear this. You know, you know, one of my favorite books is Dolores Cannon's Convoluted Universe. Universe, it, it yeah. is. It blows my mind the, the detail of these stories. Yeah, and you know the commonality of some of the stuff that she puts in there, and you know what I've heard from interviewer people that I've interviewed who are not familiar with Dolores Cannon's works, and it's fascinating all the similarities. Um, do, you, do you recall one reptilian on a ship, or multiple, or how many? I remember. Three or four shadows mm-hmm. going behind the screen because you're walking back and forth, you know. And all I, all, all I remember is him screaming and seeing that. And I, 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 I know I faded in and out of consciousness at that time, you mm-hmm. know, but, but he was still there. And I was trying to figure out, where are we? And how long has this been going on? I'm like, how long is this? Because he's still screaming. So it could have been I passed out three or four times real quick within a minute and he was screaming during this one minute, or it could have been 10 or 20 minutes. I, I don't know, you know. Uh, didn't get into that, but you know, I drew the one, and I'll be darned if I see some drawings, it looks identical to that. Now, up to that, I was into UFOs and the paranormal and Sasquatch at the time, uh, but I was just getting into the research, I was just getting into uh, working for BFRO, leading expeditions and doing reports and stuff, so I just cracked that nut. At that time, because that's about the time I joined BFRO. And so, and this ties into uh, the first time I saw a Sasquatch disappear was right about the time that I had been hypnotized uh, and regressed. And so, when I'm leading this expedition and I'm seeing one disappear right in front of my eyes, you know, while I'm thermal. I'm going, okay, they're not flesh and blood. They may be, they may be, you know, bi-universal. In other words, they can operate in several different planes of existence, you know, just coming and going. They have the skill set to do that because, you know, when I saw that one vanish, it was on thermal at night. It just, I went from ape only to everything but ape only, you know, because, I wasn't stoned, wasn't drunk. My equipment was top-notch flare equipment, nice thermal camera. It was working perfectly, and it just poof. So that revelation of being abducted and then that Sasquatch disappearing, I don't connect the two, but it just filled in a blank, you know, because there's so many questions when you're dealing with Sasquatch that cannot be answered by the flesh and blood only. You just can't do it mm-hmm. it just can't be done you know you, you can explain it away or just say, well that didn't happen i was just you were just seeing something oh no i wasn't just seeing something yeah i was seeing something but i saw something yeah you know and so uh and this book that i'm working on is about 80 percent quantum paranormal habituation with long-term relationships speech, interactions, gifting, but it's all about mostly 
there are paranormal contexts on almost all of the stories. And uh, I'd say about 80% of it is just, you got to be kidding me, you know. And some of the photos I got, oh my gosh, uh, you know, from people that have been generous enough to share them with me, just like, whoa, okay, you know. So, uh, and uh, so that's why, you know, that all was just, I went from one stage. I think I jumped about 10, 10 years in knowledge from going from that to this. So it was bizarre. It was just, you know, and I had no memory, no nothing until I went under. So uh, I can't explain it. I can't explain it away. You know, if I could find my friend Craig, you know, because we did everything together. You know, so I'm, I'm wanting to know if, you know, the one I found is actually him, but nobody, you know, I haven't found him yet. So um, I'm, I'm still looking because I'd like to have contact with him and say, uh, do you remember anything? And he'll go, what are you talking about? The only time I remember is we shot off fireworks uh, one uh, dry July 4th day and burned down my parents' garage. That's the only thing I remember. <laughs> and that actually happened. We, we were shooting off fireworks and we burned their garage down, which was not attached to the house. Uh, it's funny now. It wasn't funny then. <laughs> I was no longer allowed to play with Craig. No? Uh, after that, his parents said, no, you don't, you don't want to hang out with him. Parents must have been up tight. Well, you know, it's, you know, what if it was his idea, not mine? Yeah, it's just a garage. It was both of us. You know, it's just a garage, you know. Back then, 1967, 8, or 9, you could build a garage for probably a couple grand. Yeah. Order one out of Sears catalog and they deliver it to you. <laughs> Literally. I know. They had so, houses, too. Yeah, they did. You know, you see those on Facebook here now. There's somebody will show, you know, you could buy a house for like $3,000 with all the parts and everything delivered. And some of them are still standing. Oh, yeah. I know somebody who lives in one. Yeah, Montgomery Wards was another one hmm. that sold houses. Sears and Montgomery Wards, Monkey Wards, we should call them. So, but this, the third book is uh, going to have, I'm just going to put it all out there. It, it just the weirder stuff, the better. Because people, what my whole point of this book is that this stuff is going on to everyday people Every other day, people are just blowing them off. I don't believe in Sasquatch. I don't believe in Bigfoot. They don't exist. If they do, they're only a, a, an ape that's just roaming around the woods. It's a leftover vestige of our primordial past, whatever. And but it's not this. These people are having things. I got a call two weeks ago. I, I was almost finished with my book, and this guy calls me. I met them in July. Uh. He had a Sasquatch in his greenhouse. It ran right by him. They looked each other in the eye. It brushed right by him. He touched him, you know. It, there was only room for two people in a door. You know, it's a small door in this greenhouse. And it he stood back like this, and the thing just ran right by him. What do you do with something like that? How do you make that up? I mean, you know, and I know these people. I... I, when I heard that story, that story is from a, who, who's now a friend of mine, Tommy. 
He's had two Class A sightings. His uncles and cousins have all had Class A and Bs. I've been out squashing with them. They, they're these kind of people that Sasquatch, I think, are attracted to. They're really good human salt of the earth. Uh, they don't rape and pillage the planet. They don't uh, do any kind of recreational hunting. They'll kill a deer just to get the rack on its head and leave the body laying there. You know, they're just good humans. They hunt to feed their families. They're good. They take care of the planet. They're just good people, you know, religious and all of that. Probably 10 people in their family have had Class A sightings. That's a lot. You know, 10 people, four of them in this one house, you know, and then Tommy and his uncle and his cousin. And then the other two or three nieces and nephews of Tommy that are living all within the two or three four mile radius of the guys that went down to visit when the squats ran by him. It's just this stuff is happening and nobody really wants to talk about it. You know, they go, well, that's just, you know, that happens to, you know, people live out in the woods and seeing stuff. They're imagining it or maybe some weird stuff happens, but it's nothing like this. But this is this is like. This stuff's happening to people, and they're just getting blown off, especially the paranormal, esoteric kind of stuff, abstract, quantum. And so, well, that can't be. Well, you know, uh, how can an animal cloak and disappear? Well, how about an octopus? How about a chameleon? Uh, <coughs> you, you know, <laughs> you just go, what do you mean an animal can't do that? Yes, they can. You know, all kinds of insects and animals some of them are designed already in camouflage for the type of terrain they're going to be living in their entire lives. You know, the gypsy moths and things like that, which kind of look like tree bark. And I mean, there's animals that are already designed to look like their immediate surroundings. Others, like an octopus, you can look at a, a, a chunk of coral and go, that's beautiful. All of a sudden it starts moving. Well, it's not coral. It's an octopus. So how dare you say animals can't do that? Well, yes, they can. Now, maybe this, you know, Sasquatch disappearing, maybe that's, uh, you know, cloaking on steroids. Maybe they can. Maybe they make you think they've disappeared because you're in shock from seeing one. And while you're going, what happened? What did I just see? It's so fast it does run away. So maybe it doesn't really dematerialize. But others watch it dematerialize. So what do you do with those stories? You know? They're, these people are anonymous. They don't want their name. They don't want any fame or fortune. They don't want any money. Of course, they, if they're in the book, I get them a book. But that's all they want. They want someone to hear their story like a shrink, get it off their chest, mm -hmm. and not have somebody go, well, you know, you must have had some bad salmon last night because, you know, I, you must have got sick or something because, you know, that's not possible. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it is possible, you know. And too many people are saying, they're telling you these stories. I mean, too many people. And so this book is like woo on steroids. You know, I've got some really great habituation, long-term habituation uh, stories in there, uh, which people can't relate to either. But, I mean, they're real. They're true. You know, look at, look at this. This is what this lady just sent me from Washington. She sent me this whole stack of stuff, wow. photos, CDs, all kinds of stuff, because she's been documenting it. She's got some pretty crazy photos. She's got some orb photos that are just what, you know, uh, you know, orbs that uh, morph 
into a Sasquatch. Sasquatch morphing back into an orb and out the window, out the door. She sends me all this. She's taking photos. Her husband was a non-believer. Then he became a believer, but didn't tell her that he was a believer because he didn't want to upset her. And he, when she quit mentioning it, he thought that she had just gotten off that kick and was on to other things. Well, three or four years, he'd been having experiences too, and he finally told her, said, why aren't you telling me? Well, I thought you weren't interested. You, what do you mean? You see me? It, it, it's just funny. You know, and then you get into the dynamics of a relationship. It's just really funny to watch this, you know, the, the husband or wife, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's doing a gifting. She's got a gifting area. He just stays away from it. He just thinks it's kind of weird. But now he's like, what, did, did somebody visit today? And it, the interactions, the things that are being documented by her, she's written like a, a diary. Uh, really, I have her probably about 200 pages of handwritten Notebook paper, full-size notebook paper, and a stack, plus several DVDs, CDs, photos. I mean, it's crazy. So this book is just going to be, if you don't believe it, I don't care. This is what's happening. This is, and I, as I was ready to put the book to the printers and get it going, I get this call from the guy down south of me who had the Sasquatch run by him. Since then, I've gotten a photo that will blow you away, you know, and, and a handprint that will blow you away. I don't have any way to send it to you online because you don't have a, but, you know, mm-hmm. if there's a way for me to send it to you, I'd show it to you as long as you didn't share it until the book came out. Uh, but when you see it, you're it's like, what? Hmm. And you can't make it up. This is a Sasquatch. It's a juvenile. This is the same one who ran by it. They recognize he he knows this one better than the others because he's seen it up close. They recognize, they watch, they walk around the woods in their farm and watch them working, you know, tilling a garden and, you know, feeding the chickens. And the, you'll see them out there and they'll be behind a tree and they'll, but they're just observing a human family living. And this kid who had the one run by him, he runs a pretty successful uh, uh, farmer's market operation. They, they grow a lot of vegetables, bake a lot of cookies and things. And it's a really, really small town. So he's got a lot of money tied up in this. Mm-hmm. And this Sasquatch, the first time he saw him, it was eating strawberries and the green tops off of radishes in his greenhouse. Now, who makes that up? I mean, you know, that's just so specific. You know, I mean, hoaxers aren't that clever. Well, I saw one, and it was walking alongside my car, and I shot at it, and it ran off. I mean, that, that's the story you hear mostly. It's, it's something that is easily re- recountable. But, you know, hoaxers don't go to that detail, you know. And then when I was there visiting, uh, this is how human this thing is, is that they had a cat that died. While I was there, I went down and visited them uh, in July when he first had that Sasquatch run by him and brushed up against him. So I went down there uh, and met him, and I spent the night. And, uh, nothing really happened. We did hear some knocks and howls, but you know nothing on the property. And I figured that would happen because I'm there. You know, I'm I'm the interloper. You know, I have a researcher written all over me apparently, so it's pretty obvious. But anyway, so the cat died and he buried it 
And we got to talking about, you know, Sasquatch, uh, you know, I, I told about a story I had in one of my other books where the Sasquatch, uh, they don't bury, well, they bury their dead, but they don't mark their graves. And I had another family, uh, not far from where they live. Uh, they, they had a dog that died. Their, their mother, the grandmother lived on the property with them in a, in a trailer. And so she, a dog died and the Sasquatch had saved this dog from a pack of wild dogs that roamed this neighborhood, this very, very rural neighborhood. You know, there's a pack of four or five dogs that roam everywhere. They had this dog surrounded and they were going to kill it. They were going to attack it. All of a sudden out of the woods comes this incredible roar, just deafening. And that pack of dogs ran. They were never seen again. So they saved that dog because they knew that was grandma's lifeline. Dog dies, they bury it, they go by 16 carnations, they go by a dozen and a half, 18 carnations, a dozen and a half carnations, and they plant it in a circle around the grave. Or maybe I've told you this. The next morning they come out, each flower has been pulled out of the ground and laid next to the hole, not torn up, the root balls perfectly intact. They gently pulled it out, laid it next to each hole. It was all uniform, and they don't want you marking the grave. Someone will come and dig up your dog. That that's the message they got, and and so they planted the flowers somewhere else, put one big rock in the middle of the grave and left it. So this kid, he buried his cat, and it's right outside the door of this uh, greenhouse. It, was, it he didn't bury it very deep, but he put a bunch of rocks on it because the rock is the, the ground is very rocky, it's very hard digging. So he piled a bunch of rocks on top of it. Uh, and this happened about five or six days ago that a bouquet of collard greens was laid on the rocks on the grave. Who does, you know what I mean? I mean, this is happening. This is daily life for these people. It's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting all teary and excited just talking about it because these people are experiencing this and they're like, what the, what the, what do, what do we do? I mean, they've seen them, but now they're like interacting. And this one juvenile Sasquatch uh, has been in that house about six times already, the greenhouse. And he switched up uh, from growing strawberries and radishes to this season. He's doing uh, uh, eggplants and uh, collard greens and other things. And they're eating those up. And so... They're trying to figure out a way. And right now I told them, put up a camera, put up a camera and that'll stop. And it has stopped for about two weeks. They had no activity. So we're trying to figure out a way to get a camera trap in there. And I have a way to do it, but I didn't really, I got to drive, you know, 12 hour round trip to get there, which is no big deal, but I got to make sure it's going to work, you know, uh, because Bigfoot is affecting his bottom line. Mm. It's taking food out of his greenhouse, which is money out of his pockets. So, although he's fascinated, he's also kind of irritated. You know, I wish I had that problem, you know. <laughs> you know, where but I could just like... Maybe he puts up a sign. What? Puts up a sign in his, in his greenhouse. Don't eat the food. It could be. Why not? I mean, uh, take the picture that I, uh, that I have of this... Uh, oh, maybe I can show it to you. Well, you won't be able to see it on this little... Uh, on my screen, I'm sure. I have the picture, but I don't think I can 
Yeah, you won't be able to read it. I'll I'll, I'll email it to you. Just don't okay. share it. Oh. Uh, but when you see it, you'll. And what it is, uh, they build uh, they build their own greenhouses, and what they are is like Quonset huts. Mm-hmm. So it's the heaviest duty sheet plastic you can buy, and they've got you know the arch, you know, and they're strong over real tight, very well done actually. And I have three photos. One is like unbelievable. It might as well be posing for a photo for a camera. The Sasquatch, when it goes to the door, it looks out the door. It doesn't look out the door. It looks through the plastic. It put its face up against the plastic. And the only thing you cannot see is the eyes. You can see the mouth. You can see the nose. You can see the sockets because the the eyes are sunk in and it's just kind of a white area. Uh, But they have a heater that causes condensation in the greenhouses because of the, you know, the cold and hot, you know, because of the seasonal rip. So it sticks its face up to the plastic. It's on the plastic and it's a perfect face print. It's the, pro- it's the best thing you probably have ever seen. Wow. I mean, and tell me if I'm bullshit. Yeah. Excuse me. I didn't mean to say that, but it is without a doubt. It's just, you can see the hairs, you know, flowing back, you know, you can see the nose and the only thing you can't see is the eyes because they're so, you know, they're set back and it, that doesn't get in contact with the plastic. Otherwise you'd have seen that. And there's a handprint on there too. And these photos are from the inside of the greenhouse looking out, not the camera catching them live. They're, and he's got his hand up also on the plastic. And the handprint, uh, the, uh, the guy down there, his uh, hand is approximately seven and a half inches from the base of the palm to the tip of the middle finger. This print, he put his hand up there for a comparison. And it is 11 and a half to 12 inches. And I have a handprint here on my wall. I don't know if you can see it. Uh, it is 12 and a half, 13 inches from here to the tip of the middle finger. Obviously not human. So a little but, large. Yeah, a little large, you know. NBA, NBA. <laughs> but, you know, but this stuff is happening to them, you know, and they're, they're not high tech enough to do anything with it right now because, you know, money's tight. And so, you know, to, to get the right equipment to maybe, maybe get a picture But this picture, I'd almost rather have this than, well, I would rather have this than any blurry thing I've ever seen. It's just incredible. It's going to go in the book, you know? Uh, and this is happening and this is happening to people all over the country, all over the globe. And they're just not talking because no one's going to listen to them because you're crazy and Sasquatch don't exist. End of conversation. Well, that's not right. You know, I mean, this is why you and I sit here talking because this stuff is, is real stuff, you know. And so uh, anyway, it's just fascinating. That's just one snippet out of one family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stuff this lady sent me, it's five years worth of material. How, much, how are we doing on time? We got time. Okay. Uh, now, here's a story about her. And I didn't put this in because <clears throat> I didn't want to identify 
the uh, location. They live on the border uh, Washington State and Canada. The big paper company up there, they've been cutting through parts of their property to get back to the woods, to this other road that goes up in the deep, deep forest where they're, you know, harvesting trees and stuff for paper and lumber. Well, them and the neighbors got upset that you're tearing up our land uh, with your huge trucks, you know, uh, destroying our land. And we want compensation or want you to, you know, so they got a petition together and they, they petitioned them to build a bridge that would save them 25 miles. That's why they're crossing their property is it saves them about 25 miles mm-hmm. uh, having to go a long way around. Uh, so they, they just cut through their property. Well, they, they file a petition and they're going to go down uh, to the governor's office and they're going to meet the governor and talk to some of the people in the land management up there and try to work this thing out. They mistook my witness for somebody else that the governor was waiting to talk to. And so then they called her by some name, which wasn't her name, but she just kind of went along with it because maybe they just thought I was somebody. I'm supposed to be here, but they just got my name wrong. They say, well, we have all the documents uh, laid out on the table, so everything's in this room here. Just go in here. Just don't mess everything up. Just if you move something, put it back where you got it. So she goes in there by herself, and long story short, she's looking at documents that are talking about they've been trying to build bridges, and something keeps tearing the bridges down. When they're getting the pylons on and the concrete supports and and the infrastructure to put the, the roads in, something keeps sabotaging it, tearing it up overnight. First, they thought it was indigenous people, but indigenous people would usually let you know, hey, you know, don't mess with our land. This is our, our land. We live here. Don't do this. That wasn't them. In so many words, they insinuated unknown participants in the destruction of our property. It, it screams Bigfoot is what it is because the Bigfoots don't want them putting a bridge over this creek which is the thing they're trying to get around. And that's why they use their property to bypass this creek. And so uh, about that time, she's starting to read into this and get into it. They come in and say, oh, I'm sorry, uh, your group's going in to meet with the governor now, so you go ahead. And so she left. And so I didn't get enough data to like put it in there. And I, even if I did, I don't think I'd want to put it in the book because they might identify them and who they are. <clears throat> and they don't want anybody to know, know who they are. But Stuff like that. I mean, you just, you know, these are the daily struggles and events of people that are interacting with Sasquatch on a variety of different relationship levels. And we're just not hearing about it because they don't want to talk about it because no one wants to listen. No one wants to believe me. So we sit in our private little 20-acre plot, live our own lives, and, and nobody gets to know. We know, you know. And some of the neighbors know, but if you talk to outside people, so I'm not putting all this stuff in the book. I'm just putting it there and saying, you know, this stuff is going on. You people that are just giving people crap and laughing and ridiculing them and, and mocking them for having seen one doing incredible things. Who are you to do that? You know, just because you don't believe, well, I mean, what is, you know, and people will, uh, I was talking to somebody about this last night. 
more people are willing to believe UFOs exist, but they won't say Sasquatch exists. Is that weird? That is no. weird. That's because the government has finally admitted that UFOs Somewhere. do exist. Yeah, the uh, the uh, tic-tac videos. So, so anyway, so the book's good. Uh, you know, I, I'm pushing about 300 pages. I think I'm about done. You know, uh, I'm just waiting for one piece of artwork. It's really all I'm waiting on. And I hope to get that done, and then the book will be ready. But it's got some weird, weird stuff in it. It's got bizarre. Oh my God! You know. So how do you explain the synchronicities of like you ending up next to the hype, the the uh, hypnotherapist that did the first regression, and then you know after that you're, you know, you were already starting to get into the paranormal, but then you have made a career out of this paranormal stuff. And researching and looking into it, do you think it is all coincidence, or or if it is synchronicity, what is exactly a synchronicity, and what is causing it? Just for me personally, I feel like I was educated or exposed to it because I used to always tell people before I knew about the UFO incident that I've known since I was ten, roughly, when I first saw the. Uh, Leonard Nimoy. In search of. In search of. With this Changed my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And me, me too. But I think I've been chosen for whatever reason to believe and investigate and research this stuff. And part of it was because unknowingly at the time, I had an event that told me there was other things going on out in the universe and mm-hmm. on our planet. You know, I think that is what it, that's what started it. I've been chosen. And I think maybe part of the things I'm picking to look at just happen to be pretty ripe fruit, you know, and some of it's not. But, you know, I think it just leads me to things. You know, I could not have planned me being taken by a UFO when I'm 10 and buying the exact same car but a different color to to uh, remodel mm-hmm. 30 years later. I think it's all like this path, and you're just on it, and little things are going to get thrown in your path. And whether you recognize them as something or you ignore them, I think that's where you diverge from everybody else, and you start following a different path and then a different one. Ooh, that was different. Yeah, I got a picture of a Sasquatch looking through a window screen. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, please send that to me. I want to see that. You know how many people get rejected with that kind of stuff, you know? And so I, I think it's, you know, if you're on a learning path and we won't, you're the student, but we are the teachers, we're going to throw things at you and see if you're really qualified or deserving enough to learn these things and or observant enough to realize what they are and do something with them that will lead you to something else, which is another test, and then another test. That's the way I'm putting it, explaining it in my head, that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just fortunate, you know, and, and I'm out there, but I always have been. You know, I was a rock and roll drummer for 20 years. I was a comic. I did, you know, I was always in the entertainment, esoteric things, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's no rules or regulations, and that there's a lot of rules and regulations for this, but I'm just bypassing. I said, screw that. You know, government says they don't exist. Science says they don't exist. Lumber and paper companies, you know, uh, you know, I'm just discounting the roadblocks that are in my path. I'm just plowing over, 
you know, and others are too, you know, you, you are. I mean, you know, we're putting the stuff out there for people to chew on and see if they go, you know, I think I like that. I'm going to look into that, you know. You, you know what I mean? I think, I just think that's it. You have to have something in your mind or your heart or your soul that makes you hungry for knowledge of things that go bump in the night or things that we're told don't exist when obviously they do, you know, like UFOs. You know, they lied to us for 80, 90 years about the UFOs, destroyed many people's lives, ridiculed and mocked them to no end. Oh, they do exist. I'm sorry. I'm sorry we screwed your life up. Yes, they do exist. We've been lying. They, they exist. It's going to be the same with Sasquatch, but I think the ramifications of Sasquatch are far worse than UFOs because people, it's ingrained now. It's a slow indoctrination. Well, it's going to be, it's slower with Sasquatch because I think there's more to them by far than flesh and blood. You know, there may be, you know, different clans or subspecies that have the ability to cloak. Some maybe don't. I don't know, but if, even one or two of them can do it. Well, there's something there, you know, and I've seen it. Others have seen it. Nobody wants to believe because we're taught from the day we're born for 20 plus years that this, 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 and the other can't happen because this doesn't exist. That can't happen. It won't happen. Blah, blah, blah. We're, we're taught that. So then you quit believing. Then you quit even thinking. Then you quit even looking for it. You just go about your day, go do your job. You have kids, you know, you do your your life on the planet as it was designed and you die and you go away, yeah. you know, but the curious like us, we need to be out there knocking on doors. Hey, let me hear that story because it's real stuff. You know, it, it's just, it, it's real stuff. You know, I, mean, I can't say that it, it, it's real. It's happening. You know, you know, people that are listening to this right now or will be listening to it, they're going, <laughs> he's full of crap. Yeah, that's another, you know, that's another one of those paranormal guys. Yeah, you know, turn it off. You know, well, it's the same thing I think when I'm looking at a, an Aper interview. You know, I'm going, I'm cringing. I'm going, how do you just, how do you pigeonhole that as, you know, a bad sandwich or you just saw something that looked like something and so you said it was something when it was really something else. Yeah, I mean, why do people do that? Well, it's because we're all taught how to think. Right. We're all taught, you know. So you have to undo all that, you know, part of it, you know, your open mind and, uh, the, you know, is clogged with stuff, you know, so, uh, it, it's, it's, but I think that's to answer your question about the serendipity. I think they put little snippets like my guy up in Canada, you know, uh, who had all that bizarre stuff happening. He was ignoring it and he had been chosen. He and his dad were ignoring it. And, and then his dad was ignoring it mostly to protect him because he knew what was going on. And he told him when he died on his deathbed, he said, you know, uh, David, everything that I told you wasn't out there. It was. And, and David goes, I know. I know, Dad. And he died because he was trying to protect him, you know. But so but, you know, he was ignoring it and they he was chosen. So by hook or crook the Sasquatch were going to educate him whether he liked it or not. Mm. And now he's educated, but he's a little damaged from it. He'll admit it. You know, he's a recluse. He kind of always was anyway, but he's reclusive and relationships are, he's lost a wife and a couple of 
really long-term girlfriends over Sasquatch activity at his house. And so, you know, I mean, weird stuff, not like I saw one, but like the weird invisible thing right. moving around the house and jealous of this, you know, the predator type thing. I mean, all that kind of stuff, that kind of weirdness, you know, who wants to you know, be in a relationship with a guy if I got to go lay in bed and there's a, you know, a predator blob laying next to me? I mean, what do I, you know, I don't want to be in a relationship with that. So, you know, he's, he's lost. So he's, he's, he's damaged from it, but he's, I think he's happy to be enlightened now. You know, he kind of laughs about it now, but it, it took a really heavy, heavy toll on him. So, you know, but he was one that was ignoring the, the hints and they were subtle to like in your face, you know, and he was still was like, Ah, that's nothing, you know, and there are people like that, you know, everyday people, you know, but, you know, I don't know, I won't, I won't say I was chosen. I think many, many people like myself and you are given opportunities and whether you recognize them, choose to act on them and then move on up the food chain when they throw some other things at you, see if you need to pay attention to it or investigate it or promote it. Uh, I think that's how you end up. So anytime I get an itch, I scratch it. I don't wait till tomorrow to scratch it. I, I you know, someone calls me up. Uh, I've heard the outrageous stories. And these all sound outrageous until you get to talk to the person and know them. And they start crying or getting upset and, you know, heavy breathing. You can tell they're affected by what they're telling you. And they're so happy to be able to talk to somebody who's not going, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and that happens. You know, I watch some of these podcasts. These people are, you know, after they, you know, interview somebody, the podcast host is, boy, well, that's strange. Okay, well, hope you all enjoyed that. Let's try another one. I mean, they're just, they're discounted, mm -hmm. these, these, these witnesses. You know that. I mean, they're, they're just discounted. It's not fair. No, it's not. But, fair. you know. That's why I'm I'm following. I think I've just been following the breadcrumbs because you know the path that life gave me was interesting. I wouldn't trade it, but I've got other things to do. And that is to put this stuff out there, you know, and see if somebody has the smoking gun. You know, this photo <clears throat> I'm gonna send you. It'll blow your mind. It'll <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've seen the hand that hand photo. Yeah. Okay. Did I send you the cover of the book. Mm -hmm. Okay. You looked at the time date stamp. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's four seconds. That Sasquatch was four seconds behind my witness. It's the same camera, same background, same everything. That's what do you, what do you think when you see that? I think it's a Sasquatch. Yeah. But I don't doubt that. The four seconds. It was, he didn't see it. Mm -hmm. He didn't see, uh, hear well, it. Oh, it cloaks. Yeah. It, yeah. It, there's there's no doubt that, that, that it cloaks or it's um, doing some kind of a quantum thing or it's merging with the tree itself. That's one of those theories. Uh, another one is that it can bend its hair and reflect reflect light yeah. to make itself invisible. Um, I mean, there's so many things. It, it could be that Bigfoot is more real than human. Than us. Maybe we're the ones that are not real. Who knows what's going on? I have no idea. Yeah. Did you ever read that book by Lloyd Pye? No. Everything you know is wrong. 
Oh, yeah. I think I did read that. Like, there's a couple of volumes. I think I read like, the first one. Well, yeah. His son wrote the second book, Everything You Know is Still Wrong. Mm-hmm. I think his dad died. Uh, but there's a couple of chapters of the Anunnaki coming to our planet a quarter million years ago, altering the DNA of the creatures that were here, which are Sasquatch, to get us down, to boil it down to getting the hairless humans so we could mine for gold, so they could mine the gold to help uh, patch their atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, Zachariah is stitching. Yeah, uh, planet Aruba, the 10th planet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it explains so much, but you know, you think my stuff is weird? Somebody reading that's going, oh, yeah, right. You know, you came and bred a bunch of apes down until you got humans with no hair on their body. So we had cranial capacity. We had intelligence enough to work and do the work we we're supposed to do without being able to or wanting to organize a rebellion and take over and quit being slaves, so mm-hmm. to speak. So they, they, they combined their Anunnaki DNA with the Sasquatch, and that's where we came from. We, if you read the book, we are of them. They're not from us. So, what, you know, if you were to read that as just a guy on the street, you're going, wow, sounds like Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I've seen all those shows. I'm going to do, look, look at something else. I'll go read something else. You know, people just don't want to believe it because they've been told. They don't even know why they don't believe it. They just know because it's been told to them for 20 years. When your mind's the most fertile. That this, this, this can happen. This, 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 this cannot happen and will never happen. And, and, and we're taught as children, you know, to not to question. Yeah, authority. Yeah, don't question, just obey. Yeah, yeah, because that's what you do. Unless you want to get a spanking or eat spinach every night for a week or go to your room. Mm-hmm. No TV or cable or phone. So, yeah. it's it, but, so, but, you know, I'm following the breadcrumbs that I probably ignored a few times along the path. So uh, it's blowing my mind, really. I mean, I'm just going, I, I knew I was on the right track because the people are coming out of the woodwork, you know. Mm-hmm. I've got a guy who, uh, he bought a book and he sent uh, a copy to his really good buddy who's an outfitter. He's a, a hunting and fishing guide and an outfitter. And this guy told him, well, this guy talked to me. We said, yeah. So he's going to type up all of his things that he has seen while being an outfitter. Kind of in the Les Stroud. He's not a survivor, but he's an outfitter for hunter, hunters and fishermen. Mm-hmm. You know, And he's a hunting guy. But he, he said, this guy's got some bizarre stuff. I said, well, if you read my book and thinks his stuff's bizarre, bring it. Because I want to see it, you know, might end up in a book. And that, that's where my materials come from. See, people are just calling me and dumping this stuff in my lap because they have a safe place to land. They got a place they can talk to, you know. And that's all they want. And that's what I'm doing, you know. You know, the first two books, a book and a half, were mostly, you know, by BFRO and a lot of published reports and stuff that I've done. But now, uh, some of these people are BFRO reports, but they're like, oh, my st- it's gotten weird since I talked to you last. Let me, you know. There's, there's a woman who watched, and she's in the book, she watched uh, five Sasquatch herd 50 to 75 deer uh, one night in uh, the woods in Arkansas. 
while she was waiting for her friends. She snuck out of her house, stole a bunch of liquor and cigarettes. Uh, this was probably 40 years ago. So uh, no cell phones, no nothing. So she was waiting for a couple of her friends at midnight uh, so they could smoke and drink beer and talk. You know, that's what they did out in the boonies in where, where she lived. And while she's sitting there, all of a sudden she sees this huge herd of deer coming out of these two paths out of the uh, hill across the road from her house. And they're coming up like this, and then they're going up the hill. And then she sees five Sasquatch come down, three and two. Uh, two were twins. She, she calls them the twins because she said they looked identical. I'm pretty sure they're twins. They followed the same path they went up. You heard all the squawking and commotion and stuff, and then dead silence. And then five Sasquatch, each one comes down the hill with a deer over its shoulder. Dinner time. She watches this. Nobody talks to her. That can't happen. BFRO wouldn't touch it. Oh, that's bull. That's bull. That didn't ever happen. That's just fake from start to finish. No, it's not. You know what I mean? It's just not, you know. And she had a sighting close up, like, in front of her face. That's, that's the artwork I'm waiting on is someone to draw that for me. And so, uh, but stuff is, it's just going on. It's what's going on behind closed doors. It's, it's, you know, I can't explain it any other way. It's going on left and right. You know somebody right now. You know somebody. They just haven't told you. I know somebody. They haven't told me. Although they might tell me because they know I'm weird enough. To, mm-hmm. I've been to Sasquatch. I'm writing books. So, okay, if anyone's going to believe me, it'll be him. You know, not because it's crazy and phony, but because it's real and it happened to me and nobody can, will talk to me. So that's, that's why I'm here. Fantastic. Hey, man. Well, this was fun. Thanks for coming on today. And, oh, and, this, you know, it. and it was nice to, you know, we talked about something that we don't normally talk about. You know, it was personal. Yeah. It was really nice. And you fired me up. I think I am going to plug those cassettes in and listen to them, take notes, and see if I've got it all right. You know, like I said, there's eight cassettes. So mm-hmm. there's probably, probably only five or six hours worth of recording. I mean, the Maybe. longest cassettes were like 90 minutes back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if they're mm-hmm. flipped over, that'd be an hour, you know, it'd be three hours. But I, I don't know how they, I haven't listened to them since I got them. You know, I got them and listened to them and that was it. I just put them away. But I still have them. I need to get them transferred before the tape degrades. You do? And I want to hear them. Oh, At least one. Yeah, send me one. I'll, I'll send you I'll, all. I, 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 I want to hear the ten-year-old Carter. That is just that is bizarre. I I was sobbing and crying like talking like a ten-year-old kid. You stop it! I was, <laughs> was going. Is that me? What? <laughs> it was just totally bizarre. Awesome. No. So, um, before we wrap it up, where's the best place for my listeners to find you? Um. You can, I am building a new website. So the one I had is of no use. If you want to email me or buy books, just email me at sqexplorer, sqexplorer at gmail.com. I'll sell my books straight off of there until I get my website built. And that might take a while, you know, but, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the third book is coming out. I hopefully in January, I'm, I'm about ready to, I'm going to, 
I'm going to call the printer today and get some things set up. So it's it's coming out pretty quick. So, uh, but sqexplorer at gmail.com. If you want to just chat, you want to buy a book, you want to buy all three books, I'll give you a deal, uh, whatever. But, you know, if you got an event, tell me, you know, I don't, you're anonymous. No one knows who you are, where you live, what's your name. They don't know anything about you. No, never will. Not, not for me because I protect them their privacy and their location because none of that's important. All that's important is the story, not who they are, where they live. Right. You know, so sqexplorer at gmail.com is pretty easy. Got it. Well, I'll put that in the notes of this episode. So my listeners can reach out to you and get your book or tell you their stories. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, was, thanks for being on. It was great talking to you again. Yeah. And hang on for what one more. Six or seven of these we've done. More than maybe, that. Maybe. Maybe I don't know how many we've done. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Never do too. I, I keep a track of the podcast. I think I've got you down for five or six. It's easy. We'll go for a hundred. Let's do it. You know, do it quick. We're working on our wills, so the time is <laughs> time is getting close. You know, so let's let's get some more interviews in uh, before uh, I tell you what. After the book comes out and I get it released and everything, I'll send you one, and then maybe we can do another show if you want. Deal. You got it. Yeah. And in between, I'll try to get at least listen to one of the tapes. I'll listen to my first one. Mm-hmm. And because I think that has the 10 year old boy, I think of the others, I was just researching that event and not doing regression hypnotherapy. I was just going straight to what I knew was real. Yeah. So, so I don't know if I'm in the voice mm-hmm. or not, but. It'll be interesting. That's what I'll do. You fired me up. I'm going to do it. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be different. So, until we meet again. You got it. Just hang on for one moment, and here's the outro. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or message him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. by the book Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon and it will change your life. Because remember, everything that it says was first imagined. If you loved what you listened to today, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Recording stopped.